0: hello everyone welcome to the central wired podcast and thanks for listening in make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwired.com or on facebook and instagram we hope this week's message meets you right where you're at enjoy hey you guys um man i love you and uh, I love my mom and dad. My, my dad is 92, and my mom will be soon 88. I talk to them every day just to check on them. And my mom's favorite phrase now is, this is a crazy time. My folks aren't on the Internet. And so they're, they they struggle a, a bit. But by the same token, uh, their faith is in Jesus. And I'm grateful because that's where I got my faith. I got my faith from my mom and dad, and this is a crazy time. Sometimes I think it's made crazier by um, politics and people's opinions. It's like everybody has an opinion. And, and then people's preferences. I mean, if my mom and dad could have their way, uh, it's not just that church would start up again immediately, but it would be just like it was three months ago. And so it's a struggle for them. It's a struggle for me. It's a struggle for you. Sometimes I think, oh, my gosh, um, I can look back and kind of dateline my ministry over the last 38 years and say, oh, that was the most difficult time. That was the hardest time. That was the most challenging time. But I know now this is the most demanding time uh, for me as, uh, and, and leading our church. And, um, but I tell you one thing, what I'm not going to do, I'm not gonna listen to politics. Um, Sometimes I find it interesting, but mostly annoying. (laughs) I'm not gonna listen to people's opinions about when we start together again as a church in the building. Now, you know the church is not a building, right? You know that God isn't limited to a particular geographical location, This is the most exciting time in the life of our church because what God is doing through our online ministry that we're increasing and increasing till this coming week, it's going to be seven days a week adding new ministry all the time. This may be the greatest time for the kingdom uh, and God knows. Um, So I'm not going to listen to people's opinions. Um, I find opinions interesting, but mostly annoying. And then people have preferences, like my mom and dad's, like mine. I had to grieve my way to where I am right now because of what uh, feels like is missing from my life. But I tell you what, I will do. Through 38 years of serving this church and being your pastor, here's what I listen to. Just as I said in my recent messages, I I open my heart to God's voice by opening His Word. And if you want to know how we uh, as a leader, we'll make decisions on when we gather again and how we gather again at a geographical location uh, confined to four walls, it will come from God's word. Uh, we, we will partner up with uh, local uh, health department on what is safest for our people because I love everybody in this church. I love every child. I love every single person every married person i I love every elderly person and everyone has to be taken in consideration their safety their their faith what causes them uh, to grow um, what causes them to flourish and and I guess it all comes down to choice and I'm, I'm choosing my faith in God believing that this is a Temporary time, but my God's word is eternal. And he has always been faithful through the last 38 years of my, of, my, of my ministry. He's always been good, absolutely good. He knows what's best. He knows the future, and he's at work to our good. So I'm going to trust him and ask you to join me. What decisions I make, we make as a leadership, not everyone's going to agree. And I'm not perfect. I'm apt to make a mistake. But I'm going to listen to God and what he says, I'll do. And where he leads, I'll follow. And I'm going to ask you to join me in that as we take our church into an uncertain future. But certain that our God holds the future and trusting completely in him. I love you and I look forward to every tomorrow, every next week, every next month with you in Jesus name. Amen. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, you've caught us uh, in part two of a two-part series on how to pray prayers that always get answered. Uh, Part one was last week. You can go online and watch that message. Uh, Today's part two. But, But let me ask you this. Do you know the first thing God did upon creating Adam and Eve? He blessed them. The word of God says, God bless them. I'm giving you everything that has life. That's Genesis chapter one. He blessed them. In Genesis chapter two, he blesses them again, but he blesses them with a warning. He says, I'm giving you everything that has the life of God, eternal life, but be warned, in the middle of the garden is a poison tree, the tree of death. If you eat its fruit it'll kill you. Stay away. That's Genesis 1. Genesis 2. And then the crisis occurs in Genesis 3. Here's what happens. The man and woman, they can't stay away from the tree. They are mesmerized, captivated, allured by this tree of death. Here's what the Bible says. She, Eve, the woman, saw. Now the Hebrew word for saw is Rasha. And it means to stare near and be captivated. She saw close up and personal that tree, that it was beautiful, that its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted it. First crisis in human history. And Eve does not pray. She does not listen for the voice of God. She does not talk to God. She does not ask God for permission. She just takes initiative. She just takes action. She does listen to Satan. She does believe Satan. And she violates the heart of God. She eats Of the tree, she took some of the fruit and ate it. She gave some to her husband, and he ate it. And at that moment, as soon as they violated the heart of God, they suddenly felt shame. And from that moment, they just piled mistake on mistake. They just experienced painful consequence upon painful consequence. The the same is true of us. When, when we're faced with a life decision and we don't pray, I'm going to buy that car. I'm going to ask her out. We take initiative without asking God's direction. We take action without asking God's permission. When you neglect to pray, you know what God does? When you neglect to pray, when we neglect to pray, God just backs off. Here's what the Bible says. That when you don't pray, God does nothing but back off. Book of Hosea says this, God speaking, then I'll return to my place. He'll go back to heaven. I'll return to my place until they admit their guilt of not talking to me, of not praying to me, of not listening to me. Admit their guilt and then turn to me. I mean, as soon as trouble comes, then they will earnestly seek for me. Isn't that the way it is? When we get hammered by life's troubles, then we turn to God. Then we look to him. Then our hearts cry out. Um, and then the good news of that is that it's never too late to pray prayers that God always answers. But wouldn't it be amazing Wouldn't our lives go to another level of wonder and abundance if we learn to pray before the troubles come, before our marriage is a mess, before our finances are wrecked, before we lose our job? What if we prayed before the troubles come? We know trouble's coming, so why not Pour our hearts out to God so that he can go ahead of us and resolve the struggle so that he can go ahead of us and prepare the strength we need so that he can go ahead of us and we can have peace no matter what comes our way because we know that our God is at work to our good. So how do you pray prayers? That God always answers. Well, it's a simple five-step process that we learn in Daniel chapter 90. Daniel, he he was a, a prayer warrior. He prayed three times a day every day. And every prayer, each time during the day, every day, each prayer was always answered by God. It was answered with goodness. It was answered with power. It was answered with joy. It was answered with peace. It was answered with hope. It was answered with deliverance each prayer, each time, each day, answered by God. So how does that happen? Well, last week we discovered that step one is to listen for God's voice. We open our hearts to God's voice by opening his word. Here's what Daniel wrote of himself. He writes, I, Daniel, learned from reading The word of the Lord. So first he listened to God. Now he knows what to pray. Same is true of us. If we start our prayers listening to God, now we know what to pray. Now we know how to pray. And then step two, seek God. Pray your way into the presence of God. Here's what Daniel wrote. I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him, seeking his presence in prayer. Um, You you see, when you find the presence of God, and a present is meant to be unwrapped and enjoyed, so when you find God's presence, his nearness, you find his presence that he offers you, his, his gifts for you to open and enjoy, Pray your way into the presence of God and you are able to open the presence of his love and peace. You are able to open the presence of his grace and mercy. You are able to open the presence of his forgiveness, his loving kindness, his hope. Go into the presence of God where he has these gifts and you can open and enjoy the presence that he gives you. So now we're ready for step three. Put some passion in your prayers. Daniel said it this way. He writes, I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer. When we make a plea, we are communicating with passion. We're communicating on an emotional level. Daniel knew that he had a God of passion, and so he communicated with his God on an emotional level. Same is true of you and I. We're emotional people for we are made in the image of God. I know you're emotional. The last fall, first football uh, game of the season, and pro football was between the, the Bears and the Packers, and we had a watch party here at church. And I heard you, Packer fans. I watched you, Packer fans. Every time the Packers made a great defensive play, man, you shouted and you shook your fist. Every time they, the packer scored, you jumped to your feet, did a little dance. Now, I was having an emotional experience at the same time, but mine was going in the opposite direction. I was pleading with the Lord, oh, God, please get me out of here. And he did. I snuck out at halftime. But you're emotional. It's just you get to choose where most of your emotion goes. I mean, if the best of your passion goes towards your favorite football team, or the best of your emotion goes toward shopping, if the best of your uh, emotion and passion goes for someone or something other than God, there's not much left for him in prayer. But your God is a God of emotion. In fact, God cares more about the passion of your prayers than he does the words that you say. And that's the way it is in any level of communication. The excuse me, the tone of our voice, the passion of our words has six times more impact than the words themselves. We communicate most effectively with how we feel. So I know you're a passionate person. It's just the direction you choose to send your passion. But I'm telling you this, if you aim your emotion Through your prayers, through the heart of your God, he's at work to your good. He's making everything beautiful in his time. You can say with confidence, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's the the, the good result of praying with passion. Daniel writes this way, I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer. You see, our passion in prayer Let's God know what really matters to us. If we only pray it once and forget it, well, then God forgets it. He doesn't know if it's just a wish or a whim. He figures out that it is the passionate desire of our heart when we come before his throne again and again and again, passionate in our pleas. Uh, there was a little boy, Johnny. He wanted a Star Wars watch for Christmas. And he let his parents know at every opportunity. Drove his mom and dad crazy, pleading for a Star Wars watch for Christmas. Finally, his dad had had it. He said, Johnny, we understand. You want a Star Wars watch for Christmas. I don't want to hear another word. If I hear this brought up again in my presence, you won't get anything for Christmas. In fact, that night at supper, Dad wanted to kind of redirect everyone's thoughts to the real reason for the season. and So he asked, he has three sons, Ask his sons, hey, why don't we each share a Bible verse that we've memorized? And the middle boy, he said right away, I know John 3.16, Dad, for God so loved the world. And the teenage son said, well, I know John 11.35, it's only two words, Jesus wept. And then Dad looks at Johnny, Johnny, uh... Do you know a Bible verse? Johnny says, yeah, he didn't even blink an eye. He he says, Mark 34, 24. And Jesus said, I told you once, and I tell you again. Watch! You see, when you're passionate, it finds a way out. We let God know. We plead with him. Our emotions get in the mix, and God responds to the cry of our heart. In fact, if you want to know how much you matter to God, look at the cross. Look at Jesus dying in your place for your sin. Look at the passion of, of, of Jesus as he agonizes in your behalf. You, you matter more to God than anything. So he was willing to give his one and only son to. To die as your substitute for your sin in your place. Taking all the consequence you deserve. That's how much you matter to God. Um, Do you remember the cry of Daniel's heart? His number one passion? He wanted to go home 70 years ago when he was 15 years old. He'd been stolen from his home. Hauled off by enemy soldiers 1,700 miles and he's lived in this foreign land, this foreign country, this foreign uh, culture for 70 years. Now he's 85 years old. The cry of his heart, the, his heart's desire is that whatever's left of his life, he wants to spend it back in Jerusalem, in Israel, in his home country. And so that's the cry of his heart to God. So what does he do first? He goes to God's word to hear God's voice. Scripture says this. At that time, says the Lord, the people of Israel will return home. He's finding the answer to his prayer. He prays his way into the presence of God as he reads the word of God, and he finds the answer to his prayer. They will come weeping. There's the passion. There's the emotion. They want to go home. They will come weeping in prayer, seeking the Lord their God. Only way they're going to make that 1,700-mile trip Only way you're going to face the difficulties and challenges and painful impossibilities of your life is seeking God. He's got the solution. He's got the strength. He's got the peace to sustain. He's got the joy to carry you. He's got the love to infuse you and the hope to lead you. So you seek God with passion, and he delivers every time. Jesus modeled this for us during his life on earth. Scripture says, while Christ was here on earth, he pleaded, he made emotional, passionate pleas to God with tears and cries, bearing his soul to the only one who could save him. When when was the last time you poured out your heart and, and, and bared your soul to God? I can tell you the last time it was when you were in deep, deep trouble. The passion rose up to your in your heart. You, you, you cried out to God repeatedly. those are the kind of prayers God hears. Now so we always line those prayers up with his will. We start with his word because you can never pray outside the will of God when you are praying in, the word of God. We open our heart to hear God's voice by opening his word. And then we pray our way into his presence and we pray with passion and God responds. Okay, here's then step four. Thank God for his greatness and his goodness. You begin to celebrate the goodness of God, you begin to remind God that you believe he is worthy of your worship and your celebration and and your adoration and the best of your heart. And that thanksgiving triggers something in the heart of God. That thanksgiving, when you thank God for how great he is and thank God for how good he is, you're telling him that you believe he will always do what's best for you. I may not know the exact best thing for my marriage or in my parenting or financial decision. And now this is what I want, God. And you can ask for whatever you want. The sky's the limit as long as you say, and thank you, God. I trust that you will always do what's best for me in this relationship, what's best for me in my finances, what's best for me regarding the purchase of this car or the purchase of this house. I believe that you will always do what's best for me in terms of my protection. I believe you will always do what's best for me in providing me a job. I can ask you for anything, Lord. But I'm telling you straight up, you are great and you are good and I know that you will do what's best. God always responds to that kind of prayer, making everything beautiful in our lives in its time. Here's how the Apostle Paul uh, wrote it. Um, he said, Worry about nothing. Pray about everything. With your request, thank God for what He's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds in your relationship with Christ Jesus. And so here's what Daniel said He prayed, O oh Lord. You are a great and awesome God. You always keep your promises of mercy to those who love you and keep your word. Look at the process that Daniel is modeling for us. He opens his heart to the voice of God by opening God's word. Now he knows what to pray. Now he knows how to pray. He prays his way into the presence of God and he finds in the word of God the promise of God. As he bears his heart, as he bears his soul, he finds the promise of God, yes, after 70 years, my people are going to be able to return home. They will be overjoyed. They will be overwhelmed. And I will be their strong presence. I will be their strong protection. I will be their strong provision. I will carry them home. So the apostle Paul gets it right. Worry about nothing. We we can be at peace. Pray about everything. Everything. Ask God for anything. Sky's the limit. But with your request, thank God that he will always do what's best. And then the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Open your heart to the voice of God by opening God's word. Pray your way into his presence Pray with passion. Pray with thanksgiving. And finally, confess your sins. Here's how Daniel said it. I went on praying and confessing my sin, pleading, pleading, continuing. He's as passionate about his sin and wanting it forgiven as he is about the desire of his heart. Pleading with my God. Now the word in Hebrew for confess." Shaddai. And it means to, to throw a big rock away. You see, when we sin, it's like carrying a huge rock around with us. And the longer that sin goes unconfessed, the bigger that rock becomes. And it's just a, a burden we, we live with. And so when we confess our sins, it's like chucking that rock as far from us as we can. That rock As we carry, it becomes a big, it clogs up the prayer pipeline between us and God. And so when we get rid of the rock, not only are we free of that that painful burden, but now the pipeline is cleaned up so God can deliver. Answer prayer. Here's what the best friend of Jesus said. If we confess our sins to him. Now, some people are afraid to confess their sins to God because they're afraid God will punish them. Nothing could be further from the truth. Look at the truth. If we confess our sins to him, God can be depended on to forgive us and to cleanse us from guilt and shame of every wrong. It is perfectly proper for God to do this for us, for us, for us, because Christ died to wash away our sins. And so just as we did last weekend right now, We're going to use this as a launching pad to move into a time of communion with the Lord when we remember that Christ died for our sins. And so we're going to confess our sins. You have the emblems before you, a bit of bread or cracker, sip of juice representing the body of Christ that was brutalized in your place as your substitute taking the punishment you deserve for your sin his blood poured out to cleanse you of all guilt and shame and so when we pray we will will pray our sins confessed before God and and you can walk away from this meaningful moment completely free of guilt and shame fully deeply profoundly forgiven of all sin past uh, present and future so let me pray with you and then we'll take the lord's supper together let's start before the lord father let me begin with your word On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it and blessed it and said, this is my body, take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. So take the bread, the piece of cracker, and eat it now. And let me pray over this moment with you. Lord Jesus, in John six, again, we approach your word. For there's a promise there that everyone who eats your flesh you will come and set up a home inside them. Please do that now as we remember how you suffered in our place for our sin. And saying our, our sin, Lord, together we confess that we are sinners, much in need of your grace. And we are just taking those rocks of sin and throwing them your way. And we know you'll cast them into the deepest sea We confess, oh, God, have mercy on us as sinners. Then if you would take the cup. Let me bless the cup as you are about to consume it. Bow with me, please. Father, we pray your blessing over this juice that represents the shed blood of Jesus, poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Lord God, that by our confession now, As we drink this juice, we are being cleansed of all guilt and shame. As we consume this juice, we are consuming cleansing. We are consuming forgiveness. Most importantly, Lord Jesus, we are consuming you. Fill us to the full. In this moment of communion rooted and established in love help us to grasp the height and the depth and the length and the breadth of the love of Christ for us and fill us to the full with your fullness O God in Jesus name amen I love you if there's anything I love more than you it's being free of all sin by confession and the cleansing work of Jesus Christ on the cross and his victory over the grave. May you walk in him throughout the rest of this day and week. In his name we pray, amen. Thanks so much for joining us. Just a reminder to stay connected with us throughout the week at centralwire.com or on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for being with us and have a great week.